All right. Hi, guys. Erin uh, Nicole here on the Move Happy Movement podcast and vlog. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got a very special guest today on the show. Dion, we met through happenstance. I'm very excited that you are um, being willing to be open and be real with our audience. Um, for those that don't know the story or maybe this is the first time you're watching the show we're all about positivity and lifting people up and helping to empower you to find happiness from within whatever that means for you maybe the next president maybe the next um you know five-star janitor in your school system maybe the next top level teacher principal military officer wherever it is for you um, we hope that today's story inspires you to be great at wherever it is that you choose to allocate your time so for those that don't know you, don't know your story, let's talk all the way to the beginning. What was Dion like as a little kid? Uh, quiet, mm-hmm. withdrawn, shy. Okay. Uh, didn't find my actual spirit until I actually started playing sports at seven, playing mm-hmm. basketball, so. Okay, at seven years old? Yeah, yeah. So that's when I kind of found my uh that's a wake up call or outlet whatever you want to call it uh-huh but um yeah my way of doing my thing without having to speak or i could just be myself on the basketball court i love that yeah. that's awesome what position did you play if you don't mind me asking point guard be here all day in the <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So elementary school, what were you like in elementary? Uh, like I said, I was quiet, mm-hmm. but I was one of those kids that didn't speak up. So yeah, I used to wet on myself a lot in class because I never would raise my hand to ask the teacher if I could leave it under the bathroom. So I just always, always hit and just hit me smart but never let people know how smart I was. So yeah, just always always at that time just being invisible. And did you like being invisible or did you feel like that was who you were at that time? To be honest, I didn't know exactly who I was. Mm. All I know is what the people around me, the adults was telling me who I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I was pretty, I was small, I was petite, I had long hair. So I was just doing whatever they told me to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly who I was or mm-hmm. where I was going with anything. So mm-hmm. just being outside playing naturally, that's the only thing that felt good. Throwing rocks, climbing buildings, standing on roofs when I'm not even supposed to be <laughs> How did you get on a roof? And how old were you? <laughs> I was actually seven years old by elementary. <laughs> elementary. So in the gate, hit the wall, jumped the gate, mm-hmm. and the roof was like not that high. Mm-hmm. And I would yeah, climb on there and just sit there. You were using your point guard skills and all your basketball. Didn't even know it at that <laughs> point. <laughs> I was just finding peace. Mm-hmm. Didn't even really know what peace was all about. But I was just... Yeah, and I would just, you know, have things just running in my mind, not sure what it was, mm-hmm. what I was feeling. I just felt free, you know. It's a good feeling. 
for those that want to feel free right now that maybe are feeling like they're stuck indoors, not being respected, if they're in the school system, what, what's some words of advice you could give them? Um, prayer always. Mm. And I was praying and didn't even know I was praying. And God was watching over me when I didn't even know God was watching over me. Did you know God in that uh, time frame in your life? Did you have a connection? No, I did not. Okay. We went to Catholic Church, but that was only for Easter or a funeral okay. or a marriage. But to actually be in church, you know, on a Sunday, on a regular, and be in the Word. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's great advice, I think, uh, to encourage people, whatever their faith system is, to plug in, get connected, get connected with other people. I think that's, that's great. That's sound advice. Yeah, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, whatever your creator is, whatever name you go by. Mm -hmm. And they used to, in, in my day, back in the day, they say, God always take care of babies and fools. <laughs> and I think I was a baby and also a fool at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just all over the place. Not really sure about what I'm doing and why I feel this way. Why I feel different. Why I look different. Why I'm not. Even though everybody's, oh, you're so pretty. you so this. you so that. Wasn't in my cards. Wasn't in your cards. Let's talk about that. So, next level up. Middle school or junior high? What were you like? Junior uh, high school, yeah, kind of came into this like this little superstar status with the basketball. basketball yeah, <laughs> took over, so being a being a seventh grader and it just came, just took over and started running games on the court, softball, shortstop, beat mm -hmm. the softball championships like I just kind of took over mm -hmm. and when that happened kind of left my education to the side even though I was always an A student it got to the point where I wasn't really thinking about my education before I was just enjoying the attention that I didn't get at home mm -hmm. enjoy the attention from people that just Friends, mm -hmm. you know, all acclamations of scoring points. Mm -hmm. You know, not having to really go to class because <laughs> you <the> star. <laughs> so yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, so I kind of now my education dropped, even though you know okay. people don't know this a little about me. Like, yeah, Shakespeare, opera. Those are my hidden talents that I used to read, poetry, poems, and history. Like, yeah, was my hidden thing that I kept mm -hmm. myself as my secret nerve. That's cool. I like that. And when you started saying about, you know, skipping out in class and things because you were the superstar, it made me think about my own and, and also hanging out with friends, socializing. Hey, right. I feel like. That was like a great time to hang with friends. Like school was there so we could socialize with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I felt like for me at least. Seventh grade, right? So the way they had it separated, uh, the seventh graders take their lunch at 11 o'clock. 
Okay. And then eighth graders take their lunch at 12 o'clock. And then ninth graders take their lunch at 1 o'clock. So I took lunch 11, 12, and 1. That's how we do it. <laughs> but science but science was my thing. Like, I knew the whole periodic chart by heart. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I knew chemicals like it was nothing. Interesting. When did you learn that? What age did you learn the periodic I don't know. <laughs> It just came to me naturally when I got into high school. It just came to you me just, naturally. You just it had just, a science class and you were like, Yeah, yeah. I know how to make a bomb. Just kidding. Yes. Just kidding. Just kidding. Make kids, a bomb. don't. Mm-hmm, don't. Yes, make a bomb. <laughs> but I can make a room stick, though. Make a <laughs> make, su- make some super glue or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my it, was, it was crazy. Like, uh, I met my uh, art teacher. Uh, her name is Miss McCray. Okay. And um, I actually get into primary colors and not knowing why I love colors. Mm-hmm. And just mixing colors and listening to um, her playing Porky and Bass <laughs> and learning all about um, tenor and, you know, different languages of music. And in your art class? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like I that. I just sit with her. I want to meet her. Is she still alive, you think? Oh, um, not sure. But, you know. She'll be up. She'll be our next guest. <laughs> it's just it's just weird, you know. I mean, one thing, I know how to type. That's crazy, right? It, but I can't type on the computer for a work damn now. But, you know, my mother was instilled in me, you know, because that's what... Back then, you had to learn how to type. Yeah, so, I took a typing class, too, in ninth grade. Yeah, well, I had a typewriter for Christmas mm-hmm. <laughs> as a gift. The old one. Your fingers were, like, really strong for basketball from the... <laughs> yeah, and I was doing... <laughs> back then, I was doing, like, 80 words per minute with three errors. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. That's I was in the 90s. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's an 80s. <laughs> all right so junior high was lots of hanging with friends socializing a little typewriting yeah, high school what was high school or were you like high school confused in high school mm-hmm. um what part of the world were you in in high school actually I, I did play basketball but it wasn't my world anymore okay i just i was withdrawn you were I sat on the bench. I didn't want to be the superstar anymore. How come? Um, I didn't know who I was. Started looking at females different. Started looking at life different. And I didn't know exactly who I was and where I fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, so where I probably could have been, like they used to say back then when I was in playing in sixth grade, it was like, oh, man, you know, eventually it's going to be a WNBA. You could be a star, and you could actually play in the league. When I got out of high school, didn't care about basketball. You had lost your drive for it? Lost it. Did something happen to you that made you lose it, do you think? Um, the freedom to be able to drive. Three, get on three buses to go to high school and finally have freedom without oh. 
been under your parents' thumb all the time. Free buses. Yeah, yeah. Used to get up four in the morning. Had to be in my first bus at six a.m. Catch three buses to get get to school on time. Wow, that wouldn't be fun to have basketball practice on top of that. No, I did, but basketball was fun. It was the practice was fun, but the games were was fun. We're looking at the chili. We're. I said on injured bitch just to look at the chip. <laughs> Were the people the same and you, you added more or was it like a whole new group of kids? Whole group, different group. I uh, okay. I could have um in junior high school, I actually could have actually went to H. G. Woodson. Okay. And been with everybody that I grew up with. Okay. I needed something different. I need to feel different. I need to start over. So I actually went to school zones out of by um, by the way I grew up out of my comfort zone. So you didn't have social support that you were used to at school. I did, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want it. Didn't need it because I was starting a new chapter, just trying to figure it out for myself. Okay. Because everyone has been guided ever since I was little. Uh-huh. I was born like a breed. Uh-huh. People been feeding me, dressing me. Telling me what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what I need to do, what I had to do. So when I went to high school, I chose my own high school. I had to test it to actually get to get there. I just you couldn't just go. Yeah, oh. I had to score. So it was like an advanced yeah. program. Yeah, That's I had cool. to score. Yeah, I went to uh, Theodore Roosevelt in my uh, with, with vocational high school and Burdick High School, which was actually. At that time, when computers were just happening, okay, so it was data processing and IT when we started early in the game. So so the computers were like big, so like house size. What it was, yeah, Michael, it is. And by the fact, the uh, the program back then was basic. That was mm-hmm. the name of the. That was program. the name of it. Basic. <laughs> You're basic. Basic. That was the name of the program. It was basic, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> But then, you know, I, I, I got away from, I wish I would have stayed in it, but I got away from computers is um, being born, you know, female, you uh, are taught that you have to type or you have to dress a certain way. You, you're not the one to repair it. You're not the one to... Yeah, connected. You're no, that's not you. You're not smart enough. All you're just supposed to do is just type what someone gave you, mm-hmm. and that's what they taught me. So I got away from. It. So like, yeah. Yeah, you didn't want to be told what to do. Didn't know that, but at that time, didn't know that IT is going to be what it is now. I yeah. could not foresee the future. Yeah, none of us could have seen. Yeah, but, you know, you know, just you had to have people that believe, you know, to take you push more and push further. And it took a long time for me to even start doing that. Playing basketball and just kind of was just the avenue to be able to wear my gym shorts, put my hair in cornrows. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of have that boy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 
No judgment. No judgment on the court. Right. No judgment. Didn't have anything to do with sexuality. It was just about being human and finding myself. So, kind of graduated from basketball and shipped to softball. In high school? Yeah. Okay. And um, being a shortstop, uh, Mr. Power, he passed away. He was my coach. Your coach. Yeah. He, what was he like? Man, the coolest dude ever. Like, he embraced me. There was no judgment. Mm-hmm. There wasn't no... Uh, when I played basketball in high school, we actually used to have, which Mr. Carlton was 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 the best coach as far as educating me for the world. Because mm-hmm. basketball was a career for us. So we had to dress for success before we got on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I probably would have loved it more if I probably was able to wear a pants suit. But he required us to wear dresses and heels. Oh, interesting. Yeah. and uh, Kind of old-fashioned. That was, I think that was his way because he was a man trying to grow young women to be, yeah, he's a play ball, but at the same time, you still have a femininity about yourself. And I think that's what he was trying to set. And not only that, he took us, we played ball, which no uh, places in D.C. was doing it. He took us to New York City, and we didn't play black basketball teams. We played predominant white basketball teams <laughs> to learn the culture, to learn the game, to understand how to switch it up. And that speaks so ghetto. Mm-hmm. He had said the world is full of different people in different colors. So I think that was his goal which to prepare us for that. So it actually did because I actually ended up going to Virginia College was predominantly it was all white. I was the only black person on the basketball team. Wow, let's talk about that that experience for you. Oh it's weird, right? Because when they go to take the pictures, they had to find because I don't know some reason their camera could take the black, because I was the only black person, so you would have to find a special light so I could blend with all of my white teammates. Were they trying to adjust the shade of you? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's terrible. They was. I didn't understand you it. You didn't know why they were doing that? No, didn't understand it, didn't get it. You know, wow. I, was like, I was thinking like, maybe you don't know how to fucking take pictures. That's why I was up with it. But it was racism and discrimination was all over my head. I just felt when I did see people, I you know, I just love people regardless. Like I'm not judging for what you have or what you don't have. And that's and if you didn't have it, if I had it, I would empty my pockets and give it to you. And I got scrutinized about that because they used to have gold chains. Money in my pocket because my grandmother used to always make sure I had. And it's funny, you know, ever since I was little, you know, she used to always make sure I had ten dollars in my pocket. Really? How come? For the bus? No, no bus. That was her way of showing that 
you can you can have money. You can be different. You can be who you are. Mm-hmm. Black people evolve, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that you know, would go to the ice cream truck or to the curry out, uh-huh. and I will buy everybody who didn't have anything to eat. I will buy everybody lunch. Would give it away. Give it all away, and then I would have no money. And then my grandmother would like to come back home from school. It's funny because she was like, I go my Lord and my little grandson. She just said that my grandson, he will give everything, gold chains, earrings, shoes, whatever people didn't have, I just give it to mm-hmm. I don't understand why. You wanted to be friends just, with That's people. just, no, that's just who I've been. Like, you don't even got to be my friend. I want to know you from nobody. And you standing there, you're hungry, I'm gonna feed you. You know, you don't, you know, you wear my size shoes, you don't have no shoes on, I'm gonna give them to you. Just you have a generous I, spirit. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. This is the way I've been born, you know. I love that. And scrutinize about it, but, you know, that I give, that I just give, give, give too much. That's the way I was born. I can't change it. I can't change it. I can't turn the clock. I can't shut it down. Why am always have been people hungry? You know, I had money to buy lunch. They hungry. They have no lunch, no money. Give them my food. Always been like that since day one. Yeah. Like my grandmother under- started understanding it, and she didn't change me for that. I love that. When you said she always gave me ten dollars, it made me think of my grandma. She would always give us for our birthdays and Christmas three two dollar bills. So we had it was like a tradition. Like all the grandkids had that. I'm not sure if she did that to make sure we had money, or if it was just her way of like small little gifts for us. But that's I think uh, I think um when Bradford do things. Um, even though they don't really share it all, because I am a firm believer of listening to my elders, always have been. Yeah, me too. My mom has like the best. I'll call all of my godfathers because they all had a hand in looking out for me in one way. Mm-hmm. And I've always had a special love for my elders. No, no disrespect. Mm-hmm. And I listen to their wisdom. They all had a story to tell, and if you sit back and you listen to the story, you'll find some comfort and some education. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've always done. Yeah. So yeah, I've done that too. I love that. All right. So junior college. What did you What did you study in in college? Nothing. Drinking. You heard that. You heard that, folks. Nothing. Nothing. My education. When I realized that. Hey, my mom ain't dead and tell me to go to bed. You know? And yeah, and I have, and I'm just gonna be real. My good white friends, Stacy, you out there, Stacy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> she's actually a big coach at Corny Community College. She went in several championships. And yeah, her mom said, Oh yeah, you my adopted black child. <laughs> Y'all play basketball together? We play basketball and softball together. That's and awesome. Our friendship is timeless. And 
even though we don't really talk to each other as much, mm-hmm. when I get up there or we still hit each other on Facebook mm-hmm. and we still have that love for each other mm-hmm. that was had nothing to do with color. Because it's funny because she'd be like, what's up, my nigga? And I'd be like, what's good, my nigga? Like, we just... Or I'd be like, what's up, Crocker? And she'd be like, what's up, Crocker? Like, mm-hmm. we just go back and forth like that was our thing. Mm-hmm. And it was no disrespect. And it was just always looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. 24-7 occurrence really had my back. When my mom couldn't afford to get up to New York, they made sure I had food. Mm-hmm. You know, snowstorms, I do shit about blizzards, nothing about being upstate New York, nothing about that. <laughs> and yeah, they will yeah, make sure I had, they make sure they just, they just love me, honestly. Awesome. Yeah, so I did develop a lot of mm-hmm. friendships, a lot of different understandings of culture. Mm-hmm. Once again, had nothing to do with sexuality. Um, it was just friendship in the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got in this old deuce in the corner, right? It was all five of us, and the car was smoking. We didn't care. We just kept putting cooling in, right? And we drove from Elmira all the way to Washington, D.C., car smoking. Oh, my goodness. And we stopped it. Like the vehicle was smoking? Yes. Like the engine? Yes. Yes, we got pulled over. It was tickets. We got a ticket for the smoking and the speeding. You got a ticket for your car being on fire? <laughs> for smoking. <laughs> Pollution. Oh, my we got, goodness. We got How about help us out, officer? <laughs> we need some water. Coolant. <laughs> so we got a Pennsylvania. I'm in the back, right? So my friend uh, Jackie was driving. I'm in the back. I'm drunk as hell. I don't smell like a, a whole... Uh, beer, wine, beer, liquor, everything, and I'm and weed and everything. I was smelling something in the back, and I'm in the, with all four white girls, and we, I'm the only black person, and the car is smoking, and police pulled us over, and they was like, pull that white car. They was like, officer, y'all don't clean, even though we was all drunk, straight up, officer. Yes, how do we do? Like we do. <laughs> they just got real proper all of a sudden. He was like, well, you know your car's smoking. That's when you lean yeah, forward in your seat. The, the straight posture and all that. I'm in the back like this. I'm down. Like, I'm out almost. You were brought to attention. Yeah. That was like little. I was listening when I was. I just saw that posture. And I'm short. I'm five. I'm like five, four. So they all like five, nine and more. Mm-hmm. And they tall. And I'm just sitting there like this, slouched down, and they just straightened up. And he's like, officer, how can we help you? Um, thank you for stopping us over. We appreciate it. And they stopped putting on your license. And they was like, he's like, do we have anything in the trunk that we have to worry about? It's like, no, no. officer, <laughs> we do not. But the whole time is like wine coolers and beers under the clothes. And you were in college? Yeah. And they just had my back, and it was weird. And then we got to DC, and I couldn't even remember how to get to my mother's house because she had just bought her house. And in I, DC, yeah, and I, and I never lived there, so I didn't know how to get there. So, and I'm drunk too, 
challenges, make a left, make a right, make a left, make a right. This if we didn't have GPS back then, so we make a left or make a right. Yeah, GPS hasn't been out that long. <laughs> I didn't even I had a Tom Tom in graduate school in 2010. Like right. my dad bought it for So we <laughs> riding around anybody know about DC, so we riding around 495 Beltway in circles. And they was like, Can you just pick an exit? <laughs> They start getting irritated with you. No, they was having fun because we was drinking. They was like, speak an exit. And I was like, oh, I think that's the exit. And then we end up in my mother's house and she sees I'm with all these, which is not natural to see a lot of white women that's like six feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, they all five, nine, six feet, 200 pounds, like built country style is strong and I'm this little one in the middle <laughs> 105 pounds <laughs> <laughs> and yeah she's still towering over me and just like everybody coming in and taking over and she was just so happy to see me out and to know that they had my back you know and it was just like when we got there the car smoking it was still smoking. It didn't quite light on fire, but no, it was getting close. The, the steam from the radiator, all that was like that. And I guess the exhaust pipe, black smoke coming out the back. And uh, yeah, so my uncle came over. He was like, uh, oh, yeah, I can fix you up. I don't know what the hell he did. Didn't ask a question, but I know we was good to go by the time we decided to get my work. So. That was one experience that I never forget. Mm-hmm. What I captured from that, just from listening to the story, is you've got a deep level of friendship with people that have your back, super loyal, and you might get into some crazy things that we wouldn't recommend to the children these days, but you survived it. Most <laughs> importantly, to uh, see that not about color yeah it's not about sexuality you just able to just have a friendship mm-hmm. where you open and honest about who you are and you know that they have your back yeah and that's when i started really uh finding out my sexuality okay. I started in junior college yeah okay let's talk more about that yeah uh, huh. let's see um, if you feel comfortable. No, I'm just trying to figure out how to begin because um, I don't want to come across like I'm a bad hater because I'm not. You know, I. You were born as a female. female. And um, I had some great boyfriends. Okay. And uh, loved them dearly. Their friendship definitely really went to me. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated them, you know, so I'm not coming across as like, ooh, ooh. No, that's not where I'm at. Mm-hmm. It was like a different stage of your life. It's, I don't know if it's a different stage. Because it's, no, I was born differently, but I mm-hmm. just didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And nobody didn't have an answer for me. I didn't even have an answer for me. I didn't even know what question to ask. Mm-hmm. So, man... Um, in college, uh, being up there, you know, sexuality 
get meetings back. It was just who you are. They were open to gay, they were lesbian, their parents understood. And I think that was something different for the white culture and the black culture. Okay. Black culture is a stigma of being gay or being lesbian. But it's a white culture being more around accepted. them, more accepted. Mm. They were cool, they were out, they were open. Their parents knew, like, they were just living life. Okay. And I was just kind of like the one in the background, just kind of playing the symbols and just going with it, you know? And just kind of basking in that, that thing about uh, being able to be happy. And, but then, you know, I dated a white girl, first girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She was like, I just realized when you get in a relationship with something different because our cultures wasn't really clicking. Okay. Even though I loved her and she loved me, it just wasn't hitting that way, you know? How come? Um, maybe um, the way we speak, how we move, the things we eat. It was just different because as I started getting older and started becoming freer, I started coming back to where I was born and raised. I started coming in more to my DC. And, to your roots? Yeah, and kind of, yeah. Everything that I was hiding from, I started becoming. Okay. And um, I explained it to her, you know, I explained it to her, her name is Susan. She's a sweetheart. And her friends were sweethearts, and her family was sweethearts. And um, they loved me dearly, and I loved them too. It's just at that time, it was quite in the middle with religion too mm -hmm. about God. About God, and He, he created me, they gave, uh, gave me life for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I battled with my whole thing with God about why. And I realized that yeah, I want to have my own kids that look like me, bleed like me, mm -hmm. see me. Mm -hmm. You know, originally I just wanted a boy and that be that. One boy and then it's a rat. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I cut my college career short. Okay. And I got married early. Okay. To my best friend. And uh, yeah, my daughter came first. And uh, I wasn't ready. Let's just say that. Didn't even know how to flat hair. Didn't even know how to dress well. Let alone put a pack on. And uh, God prepared me for it. And uh, my name or destiny is having her open my eyes up to that I can be who I am, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you can still hold on to your feminine side and embrace who you are, and you can treat women with respect and you know, and love mm -hmm. and not 
be that typical uh, butch or back then butch or dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to act like a dude to be a dude. You can be yourself mm-hmm. right away, you know? So I think that's a very key thing that you just said. You don't have to act like a certain way. You could be yourself. Yeah. Somebody is listening to the show or watching the show on YouTube right now that yeah. needed to hear you say that. Yeah, you could just be yourself and you know, funny story is that came home from college, got married early, had her and um yeah. Just trying to figure out, didn't know what to do, where I was at with it. I was just all over the place, you know? And um, I went to you in a minute. You what? The window unit in oh. our in our apartment because we didn't have any air conditioning. So we just had one window unit. Okay. It went out. And all I could think is my baby is sweat. She's laying on the bed, it's hot. We need to get air conditioning in one room. Mm-hmm. And it was just me and her in there. And um, I pulled this window unit out. And I was still, and I'm telling you, I was only 105 pounds. <laughs> I pulled this big window unit out. <laughs> and I had a butter knife. And I just looked at it. And I was like, wait, maybe if I just clean it, it'll be okay. So I grabbed the kitchen butter knife. Pull this winning unit out. I'm struggling. She landed in the bed, sleep, sweat. <laughs> and I take this unit out, you know, it's like, oh, it's dirty. Didn't know how to clean it, but we had dish detergent. So mm-hmm. I dish detergent on it, put the rag. So <laughs> I'm wiping it down, take the butter knife, tighten up the screws, right? With your butter knife. That's so uh, resourceful. <laughs> You're right. Not knowing why I'm doing it, I just did it. I just know when my baby is hot. Yeah, you're trying to solve that problem. Right. And I slammed it back in the window, plugged it up, and it just boom. boom. And <laughs> air conditioning started coming. And that was the start of your career? No, nah, my mom called. Because she was about to bring the fans over. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know because we didn't have air conditioning department. Mm. And she's about to bring all these fans over. And then she, and I and she called me and I said, Mom. I got it working. And she said, I looked at this commercial, Nigga Tech. Maybe you should do heat and air conditioning. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. And I was like, well, females, and she was like, no. I seen a lady on a telephone pole. <laughs> so now women are doing men's jobs now. You can do this. And this is the early 90s. And that's awesome. Yeah, she's like, shout out to mom. This. Right. She said, you can do this. So, yeah. So I got up the next day. Had my baby or chest. Chest. Pregnant with the boy at the time. And I wrote. And didn't really um, start thinking about my sexuality because I was a parent first. Mm-hmm. And my main thing is I wanted uh, my daughter to know that she can do whatever she want to do whenever she want to do it. You know, that was my
my main thing because people always split stories to be the best worker, to be the best athlete. You know, I wanted my daughter to know that she can do it all too. That's right. And um, I love that. Yeah, so she parent first, family parent first. first, family first. Um, you know, unfortunately, doing that when they were younger, that's when I kind of, when I started doing H back and started being in the field, women were starting to actually take notice in my uniform. And I had the coral straight back mm-hmm. hat on, you know, all that. Females started take, like breaking the equipment. They saw I could come back to their house. Really? Yeah. They were writing notes and looking for me, but I wasn't checking for them. I didn't get it. Didn't get it. And uh um, what do you mean they were writing notes? Like like they wanted you to like I didn't I never read the letter, but then father found the letter. I was married at the time, found the letter because he was washing my clothes and a letter was in my in my uh uniform. And it was this long letter about how she found me attractive. And, oh yeah. Wow, that's a turn of events. Yeah, she wanted to take me out. And all that. But you didn't read it? You didn't even know it was in your uniform? No, I knew it was, I knew it, I folded it up, but I never, she had it, you know, somebody had you something. Yeah, you're like, I, I'll check it out later. Yeah, kind of thing. it was kind of like, because I'm, in my mind, I'm I'm so naive, I'm, at that time, I was so naive to a lot of things. Yeah. So, I wasn't thinking that that was that type of letter. So, yeah, so I didn't even open it, and but, uh, yeah, I got an eye open. Came home one day after working hard, and that letter was on the table. It, yeah, it, it it definitely let me know that I I need to do something. I'm not happy, and I'm not you know making their father happy. And he loves me dearly, and he did from top to bottom. Yeah. So. But he had some trust issues after that, probably. Not really. No. He didn't really care. He, he just wanted me. just wanted me next to him. Like, mm-hmm. And it was my thing where I prayed on it then and didn't even know I was praying because I didn't understand nothing about the Bible and really going to church. I just know he deserved better. He deserved mm. better than me. It's such a mature thing to say. Yeah, he deserved he deserved better than me. And my kids at that time, I made a decision that yeah, it was best for them to live with him. So I was all over the place. I, I had were you working a lot of hours or working what? a lot of hours? Okay. Sprinkling the money in. I was the breadwinner. Is that why you say that? He deserved better. He deserved better because sexually I wasn't there for him. We had okay. a beautiful relationship, our friendships, and we did a lot of things together, but it was more like do things like playing basketball and 
we was on softball league together and mm-hmm. we like used to dress alike and wear the same tennis shoes. And I just felt like, you know, he he deserved he deserved the woman that really will love him and respect who he is mm-hmm. and give him what it is that he actually deserved. Maybe that was selfish selfish of me, thinking I knew the answer for him. Mm. Cause I never asked. I just made that you decision. You just made the decision. Yeah. So maybe that was selfish on my part. You know, I never asked. I just made that decision. And you know, in some parts of all this, I felt like I helped. I hurt my daughter more than help her. You know, because everyone, you know, when you're supposed to be a mom, supposed to be that mother figure, and I wasn't that one that holds you, caught you. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, yeah, you cut, or you cry, get up, let's make it, let's go. You had like more masculine energy. Yeah, like get up, let's go, put shoes on, let's make it. You walking, you go with me, let's go. I have a friend that reminds me of that. And I think people can relate that are listening or watching the show to you. We're put in boxes, right? You're a boy or you're a girl, right? Until the last few years, no one in society recognized that there are people born with both or there are people born with, you know, the spirit inside them that's opposite from what, they were think, identified as. Yeah, I think when my dad named me, I think he knew something. Because Dion is a unisex thing. It is, yeah. So I think he knew something. And actually, um, he is high. And I look like him, by the way. He was high of uh, heroin. Oh, really? Yeah. And he when, said, uh, when you were born? Or... All, all, all the my, time? Yeah, all my dog, like, locked up, all that. Wow. But he had this conversation with me because we used to get up with each other on New Year's Eve and we used to spend our time together because mm-hmm. that was our thing. And him not knowing in his high, he was just like, you know, you don't have to be who people want you to be. You know you can be yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to do all these things that people are expecting you to do. You could be yourself. And he was so high, I just thought he was just rambling. Not taking in consideration that he was actually telling me, speaking truth. Mm-hmm. And I look back on it now, and I was like, damn, he was telling me, and he told me this back when I was 17 years old. And he died shortly after that. Mm. What a powerful memory to have before he left this this world. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. He definitely told me it's like it's okay to be you. And he was speaking about same sex thing without putting labels on it mm-hmm. or being different. Mm-hmm. He was just saying, it's okay to be you. Like, he never put a label on it or help me out or explain what it is that I, I am supposed to be. Mm-hmm. 
he just said it's okay that you don't have to live by other people's standards. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out how to say no. And I never learned how to say no. And still to this day, I still don't know how to say no. You're working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not doing a very great job with saying no. But uh, I don't know. You can say yes to you. Uh, I'm still, still working on saying yes to me, but I think I'm doing a great job yeah. in the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been saying yes to me. And, uh, you know, you're still a parent first. You know, when you bring life into this world, and you always say you don't want your kids to be dependent on you, and somehow they're not dependent on you. You become dependent on them. <laughs> I hear that from a lot of parents. Yeah, so you be clutching, you know, you be clutching on it. Because it's, it's like a, a, a prized possession. Mm-hmm. So when I look at my seeds that look just like me, those are my original trophies of life. Mm-hmm. All the basketball trophies, all the awards I got, high school, college, and records I broke, those things mean nothing. Don't matter. Money means nothing to me. Uh, doing what God fit me to do means everything to me. And what did what did God or the Creator or Allah, whatever um, people's people's deity um, label? What it, what do you believe you were sent here to do? Uh, create life. I got one to carry life, and I got one to make life. And after that, there's help. I'm human, mm-hmm. and and this love, this love, you know, no matter. You know, you don't know what people are going through or That's right. why their day is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, just absorb the energy and figure out how to make it better. You don't know why. Not to say that I'm sitting here like I'm perfect because I do have a mean streak and, and, and I do have pressure points. Mm-hmm. And when people have forced you to be something that you're not, and then you hear certain phrases, it does trigger a, a anger point in me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can appreciate that too. It's like, who wants to be restrained or controlled? When right. I get in those moments where I feel like someone's trying to do that, then I'm like, or yeah. trying to. I'm quite sure my you family. understand what I'm saying, being a woman in, in a man's field, and for have guys to talk down to you or act like your brain is so small. Yeah, my new like you can't hold a thought. Yeah, like all you're supposed to be is a smile yeah. and breast. Or here's five dollars. Go get me a coke at the grocery store. Facts. That happened two weeks ago, exactly. but that's all right. Uh, you you reminded me. I'm I, I, I reminded you of that because I've been through that. Yeah, you know, starting now and it's still. Yeah. Um, and uh, for those listening and watching the show, he's talking about age back. Um, that's the current day job. Yeah. Uh, let's talk more about your journey in the career path. So you start, what was that approximately timeline? You, do you remember the year when your mom yep. called you with, yep. with the window? 1992. Okay, so 1992. So you went to training shortly thereafter in 92? Yep. 
Yeah. And then you got hired on? As no, a... I did not get hired on right away. Okay. Went to school. Even though I graduated, I found love at age five. That was my sanctuary. That was my peace. Mm-hmm. That that slowed all the drinking down, all the partying down. Like, I found faith at age five. And me doing heated air conditioning actually saved my life. That was really dangerous and reckless. And I didn't give a damn about nothing. Really. And me finding peace in that. But even though I graduated top of my class, 4.0. Wow. Let's say this one more time for those that might have missed what you just said. Because you said some very powerful things. You were drinking. You were getting into dangerous things. And then you found your passion yep. career. Yep. That it's is right. what you were designed to do. Yep. And it that's... It stopped your. It stopped yep. the yep. drinking. Yep. Start going to school. My baby at that time, two years old, she strapped on my chest. <laughs> baby boy. In your class? Nah. You I, bring her to I school? No. Nah, by the blessing of God, I found a daycare because she was so advanced. Going to the bathroom because I I stayed at home with them, mm-hmm. and she was so advanced with her speaking. And going to the bathroom, and he was right behind her, following behind her. Mm-hmm. That she yeah, was training him up. <laughs> he didn't even know it. He just, he just wanted to copy everything she did. <laughs> he just wanted to do it. That's how I was with my brothers too. <laughs> and yeah, I found a, I found a daycare at uh, Eastern High School, and it's sad because I don't even know the name of that school or who the teacher is or how I even got there. All right. Yeah. We can and look that up later. God just put me right there. I get on the bus with them, and he would catch the bus with me because I would have to take him to his grandmother's house. And how old were your kids around? She was three. Three. Okay. They're 18 months apart. Okay. But he was so advanced. She was like, we know they don't take little kids, but he's advanced. He could start staying. You said that? No. The teacher said oh. That he was so advanced, following behind his sister. You were getting protection and provision. Didn't even know. Yeah, didn't wow. even know. And, 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 I love and, that. And I was, yeah, I was going to school. Yeah, and I was and dropping them off at this daycare. Mm-hmm. She didn't know me from Adam. I didn't know her from Eve. And here I am, dropping them, trusting her with my babies. The daughter is very smart. She could tell... She will be, be able to speak to say if somebody heard her or somebody did something wrong. Oh, she was very clear on that. <laughs> little mean joint, little hands just be balled up like this. <laughs> She's around the corner. She might talk later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was him following behind her. And God just was watching over me. And I never knew it. Never knew it. Never knew it. Never felt it. Ace Rock was was a savior, and I was able to go to school worry free. And um, their father was, like I say, his best friend. He was very instrumental in uh, picking up picking them up after school, and you know we trying to provide. Even though we were young, we were twenty one, twenty two. Mm-hmm. Not knowing nothing, we're doing. We just learning on the fly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, Ace Back just became 
just became my love. You know, I just never thought that I'd find anything that I would enjoy doing work-wise. Mm-hmm. Went to college, everybody, oh, no, you need to get into computers. Had offers in the government because I did the clerical tests and all that. Honey words, no errors, all that. So I could have, out of high school, I could have went straight in the government and mm-hmm. make a top dollar mm-hmm. government-wise. And that just wasn't me. The yeah. dress was never me. Never me. At all. So at what point did you have a shift in the career where it, it took a turn? Well, it took a turn since day one. Uh, being a black female in the age black field, it was unheard of. It was heard of to be a white woman in the field, but what they did back then, they used to just make uh, white women do uh, engineering where you're not really hands-on, you're not really lifted. You're just doing things like heat low calculations, when you're still kind of girly, you got your dress on, mm-hmm. kind of like a, um, a sales pitch. Okay. Pretty much. But uh, I wasn't going for that. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know from the ground up everything. So when I graduated, um, not a company there. They wasn't feeling it. They didn't, they didn't feel my education. They felt like uh, me being a female. First thing they ask you, uh, try to keep it as clean as possible. Who do you have sex with? Or what family member do you know that puts you in this position? Wow. Wow. That's that's so, horrible. Yeah. You were asked that in an interview. In an interview. In an interview. In school. How in you, school? Yeah. How do you just know these things? Like, it's impossible. Like, who you cheat off of? They were jealous. That's, what, that's what the I. The thing is, that's everybody in school, they were cheating off of me. Like, I was so smart that my teacher and Lincoln Tech used my notes as a teacher tool for that graduate. And no fact, my son actually went to Lincoln Tech but he chose auto mechanic. And when I went back to enroll him in, my picture is still up <laughs> at the new Lincoln Tech. <laughs> and they wanted me to do a tour and they actually wanted me to come back and teach. That's awesome. See, you got options. Yeah. You know, having options, right. But having people break you down and you know your spirit kind of it kind of wears wears and tears on you, and you even though you, you you look strong and you feel strong mm-hmm. it's still pieces and tears on you that just give you that i don't know if i could do it mm-hmm. I, I don't know if i'm cut out for that i don't know if i had the energy for that mm-hmm. you're kind of reminding me i'm just like i'm feeling really led to talk a little bit about my mom's story different industry but she was she's a professional opera singer full ride music scholarship and what she would tell me she'd always get solos she would, oh, it was effortless for her right. that was that was her area of genius get it but yeah. somewhere down the line 
somebody probably cut her down too many times. And I guarantee you, I bet and she, you, and she nine never times out of ten, time. it was mine. Not looking at her full potential and allowing her to be her. And that's where the color lines go in at about when I say I'm human first, mm-hmm. black second all day, black all day. I wear this color, I can't leave it off, can't wash it off. I am who I am, but I'm human first. Yeah. And um, my, my whole thing is, you know, relating to you, color has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm an advocate of women fighting for their rights and being treated with the with the right respect. Even though now I'm legally mailed and on paper I can I can swing it real hard and get into this bell role and you know and allow be chauvinistic or disrespectful, whatever it is that they do to kind of make themselves be feel bigger. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not that person. Because when I look at my daughter and my grandbabies I look at my mom, I look at my sister, I look at my nieces, and my grandfather, my grandmother, these are all strong women mm-hmm. who have raised me. Mm-hmm. And who am I because God gave me the opportunity to be male? Who am I to turn the other cheek? Because now I'm able to check the box there. Yeah. That's wrong. You have not forgotten where you came from. No, because I'll be just like the rest of them. Yeah. Just because I can check the box mail, pass for mail, you know, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, God created me. And uh, back to my daughter again, you know, she actually brought God into my life recently. Yeah, let's talk about that. The spirituality, we're adding a lot more of that into the content of New Capity. So what what prompted her to do that? Or what? Uh, what she could tell that part? I think um, whether she wanted to tell it or not. Mm-hmm. I think um, because we were estranged for a very long time from mm-hmm. her from four to eight, seventeen. Mm-hmm. You know that we didn't miss the whole gap of love and relationship, and you know all the things that she been through and all the things that I was going through, trying to figure out who I am. Mm-hmm. And I miss the gap of me just trying to be, just trying to show her that you could be strong and you could just do, do, do. Where I miss the intimacy, the love, the warmth, mm-hmm. the hug, the care, the tears. I missed all that because I was just so busy wanting her to be so strong mm-hmm. and want her to to fight and not allow people to tell her that she can't do nothing. Like, you can do whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. You don't need a mind when you do need a mind to create a baby. Mm-hmm. But then again, the way God the way God right now is seen it. You spread it and you can Yeah, there's doctor's offices that hey, can help you out with that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, life changed, but who knew? I mean, going back then, yeah, you, you as a female, you get a certain age, you get married, mm-hmm. You have kids, you do whatever it is your husband asks you to do. But who know him we are in this new whole new video? And things have changed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know I was changing with it. Mm-hmm. 
And in that process, uh, I have her. I think she helped me more than I helped her. Getting into the spiritual realm and connecting with your deity. Spiritual realm, my identity, loving, just loving myself and just uh, loving life. She's been my biggest supporter, my biggest fan since day one. I love that. That's yeah, so beautiful. My biggest, the biggest fan. <laughs> when I told her, hey, you know, hey, about the transition, and she was like, she, okay. Like, Let's I'm, do this. I'm going to love you regardless. Like, what we doing? Like, why? Ain't no, 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 nothing. So, having her blessing, it meant a lot. Oh yeah, I imagine. Everything. Yeah, I mean everything. Mm-hmm. And I regret that being what the label of what a mom is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I regretted that didn't wear makeup, don't wear didn't wear dresses, didn't know how to do hair. So all those women characteristics. I didn't have that the past on to them. Mm-hmm. a lot of beautiful women along the way. They were able to pass something on to her. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like it would have been better coming from me. Yeah. You know. But since you can't change the past, what are you enjoying most about your time with your daughter now? The arguments. <laughs> because <laughs> she challenged me every day that's good she challenged me to be better every freaking day she was advanced when she was three and she hasn't stopped <laughs> challenged me to be better every day <laughs> yeah wait oh one day she just said chatty you you always complaining i was like i'm complaining like i'm really a complaining you complain all the time Play, 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 play. I'm like, damn. And I was like, maybe I am a fucking play. I don't know. Like, maybe because I never had a voice. Mm. Preach. Never had a voice. So to her, yeah, it does come on as complaining. She's my child. And what I'm supposed to do for her is <laughs> she's doing for me. <laughs> so, yeah, when she said that shit, I was just like, Eight. And yeah, just went to church with her. Mm-hmm. Never, never listened to gospel music, period. So somehow I know every freaking song now. How long has it been since you started? Uh, started spiritual. Spiritually, when I started transitioning, Mm-hmm. When I started going through the discrimination at uh, DC Superior Courts. Yeah, you didn't talk at all about that. You want to talk? Yeah, we get to that. Okay. I'm just on the spiritual realm right now. Um, what year was that? When I started transitioning, mm-hmm. uh, 2015. Okay, so it's been about seven years. Yeah. Okay. And um, no, no. I just started praying. It started praying to God every day. Mm-hmm. Help me be a pr- better person. Um, simple prayers like that. Like mm-hmm. I just, just want to be better. 
wasn't even about God. I did his surgery. Can you wake me up? No, that wasn't the prayer. The prayer was help me be a better person. You know, allow me this opportunity to be me. Battle. Help me be a better person. Like, let me be able to walk in a different light, be able to tell the truth. Reveal to me what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And he revealed it. <laughs> because, yeah, when I had to move my daughter, oh, yeah, he definitely revealed it. You know, there's a lot of ugly truth, a lot of pain that need to come out. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of, as, as a child, you know, she's not supposed to see what I'm going through. Because I'm an adult, she's a kid. Mm-hmm. You're trying to stay strong, and I'm, I'm, I'm. As a parent, you're supposed to protect your kid, and you're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be able to provide. Mm-hmm. And I was not there financially. I was there, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, emotionally, I was not. Okay. So living with her was the freaking out, and you know we broke down. It got ugly. We shed tears. And for the very first time, we actually gave each other a cheeky with her. I love it. Yeah, we actually did. And yeah, and, and I mean, just then, it's been on my, yeah, just try to get closer to God. You're never too old to connect with your family, to reconnect. Uh, if you're listening to the show right now or you're watching it on YouTube, and you're going through a tough season with your families. Maybe you guys have gone through some frustrations. Maybe you're about to separate uh, and you're listening to the show. Listen to what Dion just said. Never, never too late. Never too late. Never too late. Knowing God got, you got breath in your lungs and air in your body and you still have the mental capacity. It's never too late. Even if we don't have the words, you can have the hug to find a way to love. Even if you can't say it out your mouth, something that simple as a car. It's, it's, it's plenty of ways you can do it. Yeah. And if you choose not to do it, then you're not growing. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know? So, uh, can we talk about the uh, discrimination? Sure. Is that all right? So, um, you had shared with me um, pretty terrible article. Uh, just and the article is just the words on paper. That's you know very distant from the actual situation. Yeah. Uh, in um, the industry, right? In your yeah. back in your dream career job, where you. Yeah, the article. And um, the guy that wrote the article, um, shout out to the Washington Blade for not being scared to shine away from telling my story because uh, the go against the big conglomerate called the law is a hard thing to do. Yeah. And for him to take that risk and put his career on the line to write that story, that was everything. And kind of validate me when I read the story, and it's 
painful at the same time. Mm -hmm. But to know that somebody that don't even know me was willing to stick their career out. That's big. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. It made me fight. Even in your situation or anybody else's situation, it made me fight for other people who are not being treated well in the workplace. So I have to speak up for it. Yeah, because you've been through it and you don't desire anybody else no. to go through it. That's, yeah. I think, humanity is treat others the way you desire people to treat you. Yeah, human first. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, working, working, you know, you think working for uh, the federal government at a DC law court. The courts mm -hmm. that they were following the law, number one. Two, we would not be harassed or be discriminated against mm -hmm. because those what the laws were really fighting for. Slaves have been fighting for this all their lives. And to actually have it happen to you in 2010. What happened? Uh, well, first. Part was uh, my foreman. Yeah. He actually said this. Who do I know? Or oh, how did I get this job? It's impossible for your resume to be this shop. Who do you know? Or oh, who's your family member that got you in to this position? And they thought my chief at the time. They thought uh, I was his uh, godchild, mm -hmm. or I was related to him. And they gave me a real hard way to go. Uh, for the first two years, my foreman did not speak to me. At that time, uh, DC Court was actually finalizing uh, our ability to actually get married. Okay. It was legalizing gay marriage. In 2010? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I remember I, that in yeah. grad school. Yeah. Yeah, and I had to hear all the gay jokes, all the lesbian jokes. all Directed towards you? Not towards me, because I didn't know I was gay at the time. Okay. Because I do not or have not. What I do sexually is between me and my partner. Yeah. The only ones who know who I am or who I deal with sexually is my family and my kids, but I had to actually tell it or the partner that I'm with. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, at work, I don't, I didn't, my guy wear it on my shirt. Yeah. Yeah, legally they can't ask you and they shouldn't bring it up. Well, they did or they didn't. You know, it was just more. Uh, you're a female and you're black. You can't be this damn smart. Mm. How'd that make you feel? At that point, I was so freaking used to it. Yeah. And the money was so good uh, for the money that I was used to making. Mm -hmm. The money was so good. I you just, just kind of, yeah, fell into like the boys club. So you were at that point, 2010, you were doing it for about 18 years. Does that sound about right? No, I'm not going to that because my son at that time, 
Yeah, 1819, I think. Yep, 1819. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So you were an expert at yep. that point? Yep. All across the board, from residential, like commercial to industrial, across the board. Yep. Plumbing, electrical, and I had all these under my hat. You kept learning different skill sets. Yeah. You added value. You added leverage. That yeah. was our episode, our last episode. Well, you of the know, show. As, you know, as as a female, you always know when you when you're in a, a male dominant world, you always have to be above. You just can't be average, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unless you're just selling your boobs and you just want to do the look at you all day. Yeah, you know. Which there are people that do that. They make their money on not OnlyFans. Get your get your chips. How you get your chips? <laughs> I'm not in. I'm not in. I'm not into. Yeah, get your coin. How you get your coin? Hey, <laughs> I love strippers. By the way, I made a living on strippers. <laughs> I might have, I might have put a lot of them through college. Yes. Yeah, in a night, I'll easily in a night, five hundred to a thousand dollars in a strip club night. So you weren't hurting in the career path financially. You, no. were, you were doing pretty good. Nah, what's that? Nah. At, at what point did things shift for you negatively? Um, Where you started going through this discrimination stuff? Well, the discrimination thing was always been there. Okay. Where you lost that, the job, that's what I'm uh, It's just people like customers judges, whoever I come across that I actually work for, uh-huh. they just fall in love with me as a person mm-hmm. and the work because I'm always professional. Mm-hmm. So that's always kind of been my balance on how my financial situation always keeps flowing, mm-hmm. even though I've been having a lot of hiccups with jobs, period. But um, with DC Courts, uh <sighs> Things we say, but they brought in a white guy. Uh, told him who I was, and I started transitioning. He started out cool, but he wanted to use me as a uh, what they call it a mule, as a snitch, a snitch on my other counterparts, my male counterparts. Interesting. On what they're doing and what they're not doing. On the machines, or period. Well, were they working, not working, what's going in their building, or they take the lunch, whatever. Anything negative, he wanted me to report that back. And he even um, tried to bribe me, saying that he can get me a, a greater position. Uh, I was a nine in the government. Anybody know about a nine? Yeah, the but he GS. Was, yeah, yeah, I was a JS nine, which is more money than a GS. And he was trying to make me an 11. So he said, but that's not how it works in the government. In order for you to get a promotion, you have to present to Congress. Oh. And why you spending this money and why you create this position. But uh, he thought I was stupid. <laughs> I guess that was the ignorance of him being a white guy. He thought I was ignorant. Like, I don't know the law and I don't know the game. And I'm just, just not that bright. It's interesting you say that because a couple of years ago I had uh, I was doing a networking call with a gentleman and he said, you know, there's a lot of leaders that aren't very smart. They're just put in that position because they can talk to people. Thanks. 
or uh, people fear them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And that's what ended up happening. Um, he used my foreman, who he was really originally trying to fire, and put me in his position. And when I would not snitch on my counterparts or go against my team, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I took I took the L. So the big I took a big L. Started out with small suspensions, two days here, then it went to two days, ten days, and then it went to um Because you wouldn't snitch on people, you got yep. suspended, so you didn't do anything wrong yourself. Wow. That's not cool at all. And then it came, yeah, then it came to that because I was on testosterone, they started saying that um I started being more aggressive, that um, I'm a threat to myself. Mm-hmm. He was afraid of me. Mm-hmm. And I was a threat to what you call customers because you all know courts is public. Everybody. And I'm a threat to them. And they actually really wrote a letter like they were afraid for their lives. Like I would wow. actually come in the building and just started killing people. And do you feel that you were to that point? Never been that person. Never been that person. Not saying that I don't have a mean streak, but mm-hmm. I've never been that person where I'll just... To be violent randomly? Violent randomly. If you haven't personally done anything to me, I won't personally do anything to you. That's what uh, that's what I found when I worked in the psychiatric hospital. Um, I worked in the long-term stay. They were there for at least six months. Some of them lived there for 30 years. Um, they were protected under the mental health laws. Many of them had committed murders or assaults. But they none of them messed with me. Because if you don't give a person a reason to disrespect you, treat them with dignity, they don't bother you. That's, I think, just general humanity. Yeah, about going to the artist, I do have... Uh, now, like so quiet, so long as a kid, born quiet. Mm-hmm. I do have trigger words or trigger statements. Okay, that shuts me down, and it does, especially in the workplace, mm. sends me to a boiling point where I, I just, yeah, I'll, you know, I won't think about money. I won't think about the long term. I just have to just separate myself mm-hmm. from it. Like, I just can't do it. Okay. So when, you know, people use the word being Black, you can't ask a question, especially when you talk to a white person in my field. You can't ask a question. Because when you're asking a question, they say you're complaining or you're not doing your job. When actually, you're performing higher on a higher level than anybody else, regardless of yeah, color. You're getting into the, the details, fine micro details. That's yeah. what elite people do yes. in all industries. Yes, you just, yeah, they, yeah, one, you can't ask questions. And two, you better not ask for more money. No matter how much money they make off your back, you better not ask. The moment you ask for more money, they start looking at you and start putting you under this small ass microscope that you don't even know. And all you it feels like little toothpicks mm. stabbing you in your back. Mm. And you don't even know that you're being stabbed until 
you fired and your life is ripped away from you. And then you got to figure out how to go home and tell, you know, your family, your family that there's no more money. What year was that? <laughs> what year was it? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with the courts, it was 2019. Okay. They, so right before the shutdown. Nah, it was a shutdown first. The shutdown. Oh, first. in your area in DC, it was yeah, already it was shut federal. Down? It's federal government shutdown. Okay. When uh, we were under the, I think at that time Obama had did the shutdown, federal shutdown, because we was going through financially with the federal government, and while we were all off, because what they were doing was rotating the engineers. You work a day, you work a day, you work a day. Okay. Um, yeah, when I came back in December to work my day, yeah, I was hit with a meeting and a 10-day suspension without pay. And it was this long-ass letter about people are so scared of me and they threatened by me. So, yeah, lost a lot of money. Wow. Uh, didn't have any support even though I went to human resources, uh, we didn't have a union then, but it was supposed to be, uh, I was here to psychiatrist through federal government mm -hmm. to make it through my day. Mm -hmm. Like I was literally going to see her every day and uh, she was really nice. She good. Yeah, she was good to hear me out. It was plenty of times when I didn't really know if I was going to make it through one day. Um, put a strain on my relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, my ex-fiance, we, we, we had a life and we had a future what we was going to do together. When all that came about, yeah, it put a serious strange to the point where I came home angry. She was angry. There was no love in the house. Mm -hmm. There's no money coming in the house. Yeah, that's high stress. Yeah, it was just tension on tension on tension, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was a break in, in the fact that they put me on administrative leave and they for were, nothing that you did. Other people's perception of you. This is the perception, what they said I did on paper. Me and my coworkers, because we used to work on a Saturday, work on the weekends or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, mind you, we used to have Christmas party. Alcohol, everything is all in the court building. Drugs, everything's all in the court building. People in street, the court building? Yeah, people drink on a job, all that. So we made a bet on a football game. If I won, he will buy me an 18 pack. If he won, I had to buy him um, a gallon of um, Ray Goose. Okay. So I happened to win the game. <laughs> so Saturday morning, we came, man, we joking, we joking. It's early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And he, on his way, I guess he saw a liquor store, and he was like, hey, yeah, liquor store right there. Guess what? They doing a special for a 30-pack of Bud Light. 
Because 1599, I'm going to get that. That's cheap. That's less money out of my pocket. Like, all right. He was like, yeah, when I break, let's just ride and go get it. You know that. And then at that time, I didn't drive into work. I rode in with somebody else who I didn't know was an actual snake that was stabbing me in the back. Mm. So, yeah, we came in the building. He bought the 30 pack. Mm-hmm. He came in the building on camera. You see his, see me currently 30 pack him and I walk oh, through the door. That someone else bought. Yeah, my coworker bought it for me because I won a bill. Oh, okay. So we had did our work that whole morning. You know, everything was smooth. So I put a 30 pack under the engineer's table. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting, how we at the computer right now, doing building automation. Everybody else, all the other guys got their feet up lounging. I'm on the computer looking at the building, mm-hmm. trying to make sure all the equipment that we have was brought back up. Was good. Yeah. So, this one dude, fuck it, I'm going to say his name, Rob Jones, called my chief, Jay Vaughn, and they, they quietly escorted Rob Jones quietly escorted himself out the locker room. So that he wouldn't be associated so with it. So he wouldn't be associated with it. And he took a couple guys with him. But it was three other guys left with me that rolled with me. We all rolled together as a team. So they were setting you up. Yeah, he was setting me up. And then James Vaughn came in at 12 o'clock, which we get off at 2 o'clock. So technically, we was on a lunch break. And I'm on the computer working on my lunch break. The other guys got their feet up on the desk, chilling. So he busted the, busted the door and go, I wasn't invited to the party. So my co-worker said, good party. We don't have lunch break. What you talking about, man? So he didn't say nothing. And then he looked at me. He was like, Mr. Clark, what you been doing all day? How's everything going? What's going on? And uh, Quali said, why are you asking me? I'm not the lead on this job. It's not my building. Yeah. It's not my lead on Saturday. As Jeff, he's the man that's uh, in charge. That's in charge, yeah. Yeah, he could tell you everything was going on. Why are you asking me? So he didn't say nothing. Him and Jeff walked off. Then he came back 30 minutes later. And he said, uh, man, you need to talk. That's not cool. I said, what's not cool? He never said. And he was first day Monday morning. Yeah, come and see me. I said, all right. I meet with you every Monday morning. Every morning I had to meet with this man, which no other employees ever had to meet with this guy. It was just me. Always had to report to him. So in the morning. You were being forced to have extra management. In the morning I had to meet with him. And before I left, I had to meet with him. To make sure that you didn't leave early or something? That's weird. I I had no clue. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe he wanted you to be a manager. If he wanted me to be a manager, then that was a weird way of going about it. Real weird. So, yeah. So, you had to meet with him on Monday. Yeah. And then I get this text message from him. Monday morning, like 5 a.m. Long ass text message. Do not show up 
to work today, you're on administrative leave until further notice. Hmm. So I'm calling his boss. I'm calling all around trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Why the hell am I on administrative leave? Yeah. And the good co-workers that get down with me, they called me and was like, yo, we was in an interview about the beer. Because they're trying to say that you was drinking on the job and all four was there. And we let them know that you weren't drinking on the job. The beer was under the table. Yes, you have us on camera walking with alcohol. So they couldn't figure it out. So what they did was created this Title 12 or something. I don't know. They always add crap in there to make them uh, supervisors with the small writing. So didn't know I was fired. I was on administrative leave. When I say I was on administrative leave for like months. Paid or not paid? Paid. They're, they were looking for evidence? Yeah, I guess so. I didn't know. So wow. they were looking for evidence. Is that why you said um, the other day when I was put on a mental health day mm-hmm. and I didn't have a choice? Exactly. That they were looking for evidence. They were looking for evidence. Mm-hmm. That's why I said when they start saying mental health days or your administrative leave, like they really care about you, they are actually looking for evidence. They trying to combat their story against your story. Yeah. And um, it's all going to work out, though. Of course. The creator got it all day. Mm-hmm. You just were, you know, I, I just was spreading, sharing that with you. Me being older and already seen it time and time again. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure you knew what was ahead of you. So mentally, you could be prepared for whatever comes. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Human to human. Treating me with dignity. Exactly. Exactly. So 2019, now we're in 2022. Where are we at with, with your situation? Uh, the lawsuit is still open. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, the courts are hiding behind whatever. They haven't made no decision. Due to the pandemic. The pandemic. Yeah, the pandemic. <laughs> but you can evict people. Because you put a lot of black people out in D.C. during the pandemic. Because a lot of black people out of housing because they couldn't afford to pay because of the pandemic. New York, too. There was a, in the middle of winter, someone had reached out to me on LinkedIn. She's a veteran. She was in a motel, hotel situation. And she was out like she had an hour to get out of her hotel. Otherwise, she was going to be arrested for being wow. poor. So I didn't have the money, but I put it on my credit card. Something told me to just send her the money because I had made a post about feeding the homeless with my husband earlier this year. Uh, We hadn't gotten married yet. And I just I knew that it was the right thing to do in that moment. But there's a ton of people that are getting disrespected right now because they are homeless, low income, low income, whatever color, (laughs) uh, whatever your race is. And that's why. That's like, you know, I, I say I can't be up Earth. I have to be from Pluto somewhere because the way 
people on earth treat each other, this can't be right. Yeah. Can't be right. You know, uh, when we cut each other, we all still bleed. Yeah. We all need nutrition to eat. Yeah. To survive. We all need water. And for us to act like we're more superior because the color of our skin or because we have one dollar more. This can't be right. This yeah. can't be right. Yeah. hundred percent. This can't be right. You know, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all for freedom. And for anybody to think that they can rule over another person Race, creed, or color is just wrong. Mm-hmm. We should be here to love and educate. Absolutely. Last week, or a week and a half ago on uh, August 18th, we did the Real Entertainment Therapy Experience, the second version. And Lee Cockrell, is, he just retired from head of Disney Hotels. He says, we need more teachers. We need more teachers to step up in all industries. People, We don't need business people. We need people to educate and help bring awareness respect of all cultures yeah but the thing is you know we look at being a teacher that's why we don't have a lot of teachers now because of the laws and the disrespect that teachers get and the amount of money the amount of money you got to pay to get your license renewed when doctors and nurses and any other industry they'll pay for you pretty much exactly and you're not and you're not giving them the support. So you're not giving them support. And I get it. It's a lot of single parents, no matter what their color is, a lot of single parents that have to rely on the teacher to give to be that second parent or yeah. to kind of give them that background. And when you don't have a school system or a society that respects that, mm-hmm. which they used to respect teachers. Now, teachers mean nothing. Teachers. And now they're Zooming. So, yeah, you're Zooming. Or they're, they really the kids are on the mask and they're yeah. like, what did you say? They don't really care. They don't really care if the kid finished school. Just as long as you show up. Uh, what's that? No no child left behind. But he is left behind if you're not making sure he has the math curriculum. Yep. I lost a job because of no child left behind. I was offered a job, two principals and two music teachers. Um, I taught my own creation, my own song trigger for my Project Asthma in graduate school. I taught them the song and the choreography. They hired me, but the superintendent of the district said, due to the uh, No Child Left Behind Act, we cannot sign off on this because you are not endorsed in music. Right. Exactly. Like... Uh-huh. That's all right. We keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Obama's going to take care of us. I know it. The law is the law. And you can't really get behind it. And, you know, you can't get around it. Well, the problem is when you have people that don't up, uphold their own laws. And that's all. That's a good point. That's because how you work these superior courts, DC Court of Appeals, and we discriminate this. Yeah. You have actual judges that you walk across every day, all day. Mm-hmm. And to be treated like shit because you don't look 
a certain way or you don't speak a certain way or your sexuality is something different. Yeah. And when I came out as trans, it got worse. It got worse for you? Mm-hmm. It got worse for me. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Let's talk about it. What you want to know about it? For those that are, maybe they're thinking that they are and they're not sure. Maybe they're in middle school, high school. They're kind of learning about their bodies and whatnot. Uh, um, what's some words of encouragement you could give to them? My encouragement is to first um, be honest with yourself, even though you don't know what it is. But if you know you feel different inside out, talk to your parents. Um, if your parents are supportive, because I'm a firm believer, if you can't say it out loud, if you can't be honest about it, you shouldn't be doing it at all no matter what it is. Um, if your parents understand it and they can figure out how to get you help, if you don't know how to get you, get help because you are a minor, uh, it's places like the Whitman Walker Clinic that actually helps young people um, make decisions. We talk to psychiatrists. Mm -hmm. uh, what, I, what I don't suggest is talking to somebody of your peers because they're going through the same thing you're going through, so they're not experienced enough. So get your advice from somebody that has been through some things, they've seen some things. So older mentor, right. maybe someone that's in college or older. Yep, that have good advice. been through some experiences where they could kind of shed some light where you can always, and I tell people all the time, mathematics, Mathematics is uh, the way of the world. So we can speak different languages and we can change the spelling of words. But math is the same. One plus one is always going to be two. And nothing or nothing is always going to be zero. Yeah. So if no nobody have anything offer, talk the positive to offer you, then it's, it's not conducive. Yeah, don't bring it up. That's, yeah. good. That's good advice. Yeah, it's not conducive. So... Pray on it. Talk to those who love you. And if you can't get it from the person that loves you, then, uh, like I said, places like the Whitman Walker Clinic, where they actually reach out to people that's in my community. So many letters, I don't remember them all, but it's the whole alphabet. <laughs> it's a lot of LBs and T's and T's and Q's. Mm -hmm. um, uh, binary. Uh, what's the new one now? Because I'm because I'm older now, so I keep up with a lot of these. Um, what is it when you? What they call it when you don't identify male or female? You pansexual. So pansexual. I think. I think a pansexual. Okay. I identify. I feel male. like Lady Gaga said that about herself at one point. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like I'm, I would be identify, okay with that. Yeah, I identify male. I think she's I'm, not all right in her. Yeah, I think I'm yeah, I think I'm pansexual. Like I look, I look at people for who they are. Yeah, and the way you treat me, I don't think you know because when you get to a you know course physicality and all that shit, I ain't need that for kids. I got enough kids. So that is out the window. Come at a point in my life where I'm looking for a best friend. 
somebody that can end my days with. And who is that for you? Is that on the table? Not sure. It's on the table. Okay. We'll do that point two version I will, I next will, time. I would love to be on the table. <laughs> Let's see how bright your smile got. That's I would love. love. I would That's love. love right there. I would love for it to be on the table and trust believe uh, if those read the article, her name is Ashley. I did a picture of the article. Like so, she was really instrumental in awesome. getting the article started. That's awesome. I love um, that. Matt said that I haven't had a lot of great women in my life that really this will say, I'm going to put it on me, not knowing who I am, and I wasn't the best version of myself. Yeah, I can appreciate that, too. People treat us the way we allow them to treat us based on what we teach them. Mm-hmm. We want to receive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Boy, um, if you don't know exactly where you're going or who you are, it's hard to even express that to yeah. a person like if you don't know who you are, how can you tell me what you need from me? Exactly. How can I help you? Yeah, 100%. 100%. If you can't express it, then how can I help you? I'll just be throwing stones in a, in a river or a lake trying to figure it out. And depending on where I hit you with a rock, it may hurt. Because I may say something inappropriate or say something that might be a trigger for you. Yeah. Not knowing, but I'm Not thinking I'm it. helping you, but I yeah. could be hurt. That's a great point. For those that have been listening and watching the show and are feeling connected to your story and want to maybe connect with you further up, what's uh, what's the best way that they can follow up with you if they're maybe needing some support? Uh, the matter on. Um, I don't do Instagram or Twitter or none of that. I'm too old for that. <laughs> I'm not good with that. Hey, Lee Cockrell is, I don't, don't want to say his age. I'm not but, good, yeah. I'm but he's been married for 50 plus years. Yeah, so, I mean, and he's they, all over. Yeah, they be getting it in. I, I'm just saying, that's he probably hired out his kids to help out. Like, probably, you know, but yeah, I mean, I got an email if someone wants to email me and, okay. you know, need any advice or want to know anything about my experiences okay. to try to help them further whatever okay. know, positive move on it's um Jerome G J E R O M E Gerard J E R R O B at gmail.com. Awesome. So Jerome Gerard at gmail.com. Can they also email you about HVAC stuff? So yeah. Anything? Any you got as long as it's positive, I'm down for it. If it's negative, leave it leave it at home. If they want to hire you to speak at their school or their business um, to bring awareness and respect for diversity, can they do that as well? Can they email you about that? Yes. You definitely need to do that because especially how the world is turning right now, you need people that have already walked through that space to help you in your business. Because if you are not uh, being respectful of people with, uh, for myself, diagnosed depression is a federal mandate that you provide a workspace that is a safe and equal place for all people, regardless of their mental diagnosis, regardless of their gender, sexual orientation, faith, creed, all of that. Um, and I think that you should 100% if you're leaning, even just 1% interested, you need to reach out ASAP. Say that email one more time. Jerome Gerard at gmail.com. 
Boom. All right. And I love to do impromptu questions at the end. And I'm feeling very spiritually led that I need to move out my seat. And your daughter, Destiny, needs to come on over here. Yep. <laughs> and uh you rocking the bird though 1997 because if i wasn't born in 1997 she gorgeous look at this so that's my look when i was 17 years old right there this is an impromptu question mm-hmm. you ready i'm ready what do you want to say to dion what do i want to say mm-hmm. what's in your heart right now after hearing this whole thing? Um, I just think that, of course you feel like for the pain, like we all hear about the things that other people go through, discrimination, all this and that. Mm-hmm. But when you personally know the person, then you're your parent on top of it. Like, yeah. along with a lot of history in the past, like, of course you feel bad. You know, sometimes you just want to give them a hug, even though they pretend they're so strong. It's, it's okay to let it out. It's okay just to talk about it. Okay. Don't get through it. It happens. I told you, my rock right there. Mm-hmm. You know, when I came on my first surgery, my last surgery, um, I don't know. Didn't have anywhere to go. Nobody wasn't really uh, respected where I was at in my space. And God bless her with a place down here in Tennessee. Her and my son-in-law love him, love him dearly. And shout out to the military because he out here doing his thing for the military, representing his country. Um, and that's how we connected. Yes. Was talking about it. Talking about it. Talking and, about uh, the military. She had a, yeah, they had their own place. And without, without second guessing, thinking about none of that. When I was in Portland, they was like, no. Come into the seat. I don't give a damn how small the apartment is. We got a couch bed. Come on. In my living room. In the living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their living room was my bedroom. And they was, mm-hmm. come on. And, ah, hey, I, yeah, I mean, I got no, my glasses automatic tinted, but it's tears behind his eyes. As, uh, no matter what, what I'm going through, God always finds me. And I name her Destiny for, for a reason. Because yeah. I always, in the midst of no matter what I'm going through, mm-hmm. this young lady is always there. When I never used to get birthday gifts, mm-hmm. when she was old enough in college to work and make her own money. Uh-huh. She showered me with so many birthday gifts. Well, it was crazy. And I'm talking about outfits, cologne, and it wasn't this little stuff. Like, she really actually put thought into everything. My clothes, the way she dressed me, all that. Like, she really, yeah, just down for me. We've been down for each other, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> like that's Mark. Yeah. What you thinking right now? <laughs> it was a lot of good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. It took some time to train. Mm-hmm. It's definitely space down before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Because I didn't realize that I was, I was in my own pain. <laughs> yeah. And I missed out on her her childhood. It was like eight years. Days. Longer than eight years. Longer than eight years. Yeah, and I missed out on her childhood. And now here she is, a full-fledged adult. Yeah. And me trying to rekindle this childhood thing and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you grown, but you ain't grown. You still my child in the <laughs> But she had already gone through her own experiences in life. Yeah. She would already see things that whoever she wanted to see or didn't see. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, um it 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 is definitely a battle and we're still building mm-hmm. on our relationship. You know, I don't know I don't know how many parts out there, male or female. Um, no matter what you're going through, you miss those years between four and 18, which are the pivotal years for a child as far as maturing and education yes. and putting your imprint as far as love and education on them. Mm-hmm. And you miss that if you're just kind of like a part-time parent or the financial parent. Yeah. You think it because you just bad child support, that's enough. But it was a long road. It has not, that is not enough. Missed out on a lot of hugs. I missed out on a lot of graduations. Missed out on a lot of plays, cheers, birthday parties, big moments in her life as a kid that she seen as a big moment. Mm -hmm. I missed out on a lot of that. And she has right to have her pain. Mm -hmm. There's no kid deserves to not have that girl, especially when they're alive. But she's here. She and didn't reject are, you. She did not. We are here working. That's We're doing right. the work. We're doing the work. We definitely yeah. doing the work. Can I ask you something, Destiny? What was it like growing up with your mom and then the transitioning experience for you? Um, I don't really think it was a big change for me because. He always been the same being no matter what. So which like he always say, what I look sexually is it's none of my business how to sleep with you and stuff. It's like it's a good point. That's still, a real good point. You're still the same person to me that you always were. You look the same my whole life. That's no change. No change. The only the only the hardest part is me as a kid. We're having a the line is your thing. With you having a kid?
to build that bridge to start the reconnection process? Um, understanding that we're human first. Mm -hmm. There's no handbook to life. And accepting a person or situation for what it is. Mm -hmm. Growing from it. Every situation is a learning situation. So just taking what you learn and using it to grow mm -hmm. for yourself. And I know we like to try to change the other person, but you can't change other people. You can change yourself. Mm. That's so good. That's so good. Oh, yeah. Open heart and open mind. Mm -hmm. And willing to meet people in the middle. And in order for you to do that, you have to be in your spirituality and know exactly who you are and what type of person you want to be. Mm -hmm. Not just to yourself, but to other people, how you want to present yourself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, me, you know, being male down, I, yeah, I do check mail. Mm -hmm. But, um, It's um uh, I don't want you to see that. I want you to see Dion. My name is Dion. Yeah. And I just want you to see Dion and see how big my heart is. And that when I'm coming for you, I'm coming for you in a good place. And I have to hurt you or harm you or take you. Mm -hmm. That's why I want to be viewed sometimes so overbearing when you you know when you're a parent. Is at any parent always, if you, any parent out there that's listening, if you don't want your child to be better than you are, then yeah, something's wrong with you. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. I definitely want my daughter to be better than me. Something is wrong. And I always tell her that. <laughs> if you don't want your kid, I don't care, male, female, cat, or dog, you don't want them <laughs> to be better than you, then something is wrong with you. You might need to. Pray to God or figure out where you at with this or why you heal, why you hurting so much that you put inflicting all this pain on your kid. Mm. So you need to figure that out. Right. And it's just like, even still with like D not being like in my life when I was a kid, mm -hmm. um, that made me see like my relationship with my husband and my relationship with my daughter differently because mm. when I had my daughter, mm -hmm. me and my daughter's father at the time we weren't together so we did break up and that's how he ended up in the military so mm -hmm. we had our space but mm -hmm. then realizing I'm not gonna of course it was like both of us but I had to realize like uh, my harm in the situation and what I was doing to make it bad so mm -hmm. when he went away that was kind of like a clarity moment for me like oh you're just repeating the same cycle that you went through as a kid mm -hmm. and having to choose which means you're giving not that she would have to choose but putting it in a way, like, oh, you got to choose between your mom and dad because they can't figure it out for you. Mm -hmm. You're only a kid in a situation. You know, it's just like, not repeating this like again. So being able to live with, uh, marry my husband and my daughter's dad and mm -hmm. their own family, like, mm -hmm. the creator intended. Mm -hmm. and that's, like, one of my biggest blessings. That I and and that's, like, that. the favorite part, like, of being me. Like, I love taking care of my husband and I love taking care of my daughter. Mm -hmm. Any message you want to send to your husband? Yes, I can't wait till you come home. I'm yeah. sad you missed my birthday, but we're gonna celebrate together. Yeah, so we'll send you photos. Definitely, but yeah, just keep your head up. <laughs> That's right. 
All right. Any last words of advice for anything or any last thoughts before we close out the show? No, just keep going and don't give up. Love that. It's always a rainbow on the other side of the bright cloud. Love that. It's a wrap, folks. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. If we added any value to you today, it would mean the world to me and to us if you would go on uh, social media and maybe write a couple of sentences, pull out a certain part of the show that really stood out to you and let people know what part of the episode that is, uh, approximate minutes and whatnot. That way they can go and uh, look it up for themselves as well. And if you feel so inclined and you want to write a review for us, that helps us continue releasing a top 10% of the world podcast out of every category. I still don't know how that is possible for this show, but it's, uh, it's all because you guys keep listening and you keep sharing it and you keep talking to people and you keep encouraging people to do little things that they love every day. So appreciate you guys so much. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next week. Oh, and let's check out actually the downloads while I got you on the line. I haven't done this in a while, so I'm going to check these out right now. Uh, Once we get to 10,000 downloads, we're going to do a fun little private concert called the Listening Room Experience for those that are regularly sharing the show, um, posting on social media, and helping us build out the Move Happy brand. So right now, as of August 28th, 2022, we're at 3,570 downloads. So we've got a little ways to go. If you share this show with five friends and they share it with five friends, we'll get to 10,000 in no time. That'll be the first listening room experience where you get original music first released, uh, similar to what we do for our veterans and first responders in our nonprofit experiences. All right. And if you are looking for uh, joining us in the next real entertainment therapy experience, we're doing the final one of this year in December date to be determined. Um, But the focus is on fitness. So I'm going to be working on some music related to fitness and we might be having some some speakers that are in the fitness and sports realm. So I'm really excited. Got a first place gold medalist from the Olympics that reached out to me recently. So uh, might keep you posted on that. Not sure what, what they're what they're after, but uh, no expectations when you network with people. All right. Love you guys. Peace out.